Hello, this is Leah Freeberg from Fluke Reliability, and thanks for joining us for this best practices webinar. You probably know Fluke as a test tools provider, and you may also know that we produce some of the industry's favorite reliability tools, from infrared cameras to vibration meters. But you may not know that many of the measurements that our tools collect now flow automatically into EAM systems of record. It happens via a framework that we call Fluke Excelix. Our goal at Fluke Reliability is to better connect asset management data and teams with asset management systems to drive connected knowledge. And of course, that knowledge depends greatly on best practices in condition-based maintenance. So that's why this series of webinars explores reliability maintenance strategies. And that's why we feature speakers from a variety of expert backgrounds. Before the presentation, I have a few housekeeping items to go over. Today's session is being recorded, so your phone lines have been muted to minimize background noise. We will be answering questions during and after the presentation, so take a minute now and find the questions tool in the GoToWebinar dashboard. You are very welcome to submit questions as we go, and I will share as many of your questions as time allows for our presenter to answer. If we have unanswered questions at the end, we'll follow up with written answers. If you'd like to receive the slides from today's presentation, please let us know during the survey that will appear at the end of today's session. So don't hang up until the survey appears and you've answered the question. We're also happy to send you a certificate of attendance after today's webinar. You'll see a question on the survey about getting a certificate. So answer yes and we'll send one to you. Lastly, a recording of this webinar in full will be available on the Excelix.com website within a day or two. And that is it for housekeeping. And now for the main event. Today, we are very pleased to have with us Michael Mills, a CMMS wizard and senior solutions engineer for Fluke Reliability. And he'll be presenting on getting more value from your CMMS part one, best usage models for business impact and user adoption. Michael is a senior solutions engineer with Fluke Reliability, focusing on CMMS and EAM and condition monitoring software, sanitization software, and Fluke's own IIoT devices. His CMMS and EAM experience stems from years as a customer success manager, solutions engineer, subject matter expert on integrated systems, and providing solutions for workplace safety and packaging, life sciences, manufacturing, public sector, and utilities. So welcome, Michael, and thank you for being with us today. Hey, thank you for having me. Always great to be on these sessions. Indeed. So I can't wait. Let's go. All right. Sounds good. Let me bring up my screen. All right. So again, thank you for having me today. Um, going back to this slide, good afternoon, everyone. Good morning to some. I'm a solutions engineer with, with Fluke Reliability. I've been with the company for around seven-ish years at this point, as Lee had mentioned, uh, originally focusing on the software side of our, our products offerings and including a pretty well-known computerized maintenance management software where we were working to build out our customers' maintenance historian and knowledge base and focusing in, in really on, on continuous improvement. Okay, however, the past couple of years, and I'll mention this later in the presentation, yeah, I've, been, I've had the privilege of working with team members that excel in, in connecting data. So whether it's transporting data from, from system to system for, for action and analytics, or more connecting data into the hands of maintenance professionals. But enough about me, okay? The reason I'm here today is, is to speak about how to get the most 
out of your CMMS by going through a few usage models that drive business impact and, and promote user adoption of a system. You know, as a brief agenda for today's discussion, I'd like to go through an introduction to CMMS as a whole and the different groups that, that operate within them. Uh, from there, dive into the mindset that helps to promote the vision and necessity of a maintenance historian within your company. Uh, then we'll touch on the needs around continuous improvement within an organization. And when we get to the second half of the session, we'll discuss different usage and, and uses and functions that are proven to drive value directly to the bottom line of your organization. Okay. Now, I always I hate to assume that everyone on these sessions know what a computerized maintenance management system is. And I know a few in attendance today are actually joining from from other products and, and segments of fluke reliability. So a computerized maintenance management software, or CMMS for short, is meant to improve the way that maintenance and reliability professionals manage their operations, their teams, inventory, compliance, and other activities. So to elaborate on that, it's a place to store all of their asset and equipment related data so that managers and, and engineers can, can organize and schedule preventive maintenance and their corrective maintenance. It also allows them to, to manage their labor time more closely, monitor their wrench time, and track their inventories. So in general, it's a tool that allows customers the ability to establish asset maintenance histories. And this is information that enables teams to, to track and analyze trends uh, using dashboards and track their key performance indicators that help identify potential failures early, you know, giving maintenance crews time to plan and, and act accordingly. Okay. And when used correctly, a CMMS has the ability to track and provide users with outcomes that they generally may not realize without one. You know, if you're working with manual methods or if you're you're coming from Excel sheets. You know, and these could be gains anywhere from increased visibility into your daily operations. You know, who's where, when, where's my budget going? Uh, what have, what's been accomplished? What are we currently working on and, and what may be overdue? But also focusing more on the ability to, to reduce unplanned downtime on equipment through analysis of past records, um, ease of access to, to digital records, and documentation in many cases, using this information to extend the life of, life of your assets. Or take it a step further, it can help operations meet regulatory standards and maintain compliance through documented process and digital data capture. And we'll touch on this later, the ability to move a step further on your reliability journey, you know, connecting other systems and integrations with say your automation systems to take the data, see when your assets are raising their hands and identify those issues again before they may happen. So, with understanding what a CMMS is, um, here's a depiction of a typical CMMS environment. And you'll see it's, it's multidimensional, you know, multiple roles and responsibilities all working within this single system. And there are many layers to your systems that all seem to be working side by side to make sure that the ship is sailing in the right direction. Anywhere from team members that are completing the work, you know, carrying their work orders with them, logging their notes, parts, tracking failures codes, and, and making decisions right at the point of contact with that asset. You know, to the management side of the work order processing. You know, again, the planner schedulers that are signing work based on availability, 
and managing the backlog to, to supervisors that are overseeing the day-to-day -day, um, or the engineering team. Again, monitoring your, your automation systems, your, your SCADA systems to, to see what's currently happening, what needs to be prioritized. Um, to more of the, the inventory side of your maintenance and reliability teams that are really fueling this system, you know, the ability to control your spare parts inventory, manage availability, procuring additional items on demand, and working to control overhead and storing costs. And I almost forgot uh, to mention the CMMS administrators, you know, the ones that are actually standing up the system, maintaining the asset records, inventories, tasks, PMs, all of the workflows within your account, you know, and the ones that review the functionality and, and SOPs that need to be in place. So within this framework, you know, we have each of these components that make up a, a best of breed computerized maintenance management software. You know, it's important to note that, that a CMS shouldn't really be an add-on or a bolt-on to, to another solution, but rather a complete suite of maintenance and reliability enablement tools. You know, these tools, when, when implemented correctly and are continuously reviewed and refined, can be used to build a platform of, of operational excellence with the ability to, to scale and as your business needs evolve and, and create a path for automation and further efficiencies going forward. You know, the question shouldn't just be, what do we need today, but where do we envision ourselves tomorrow? Are you, are you getting enough out of your CMS to support your business needs five, 10, 15 years down the road and making sure that you're aligning with those goals and your maintenance strategies? So when companies first evaluate a computerized maintenance management program, the need, you know, is often fueled by the most immediate pain. You know, for example, I, I failed an audit because I couldn't show the history, full and detailed history of an asset. Or someone reaching out and saying, I spend eight hours a week massaging a report in Excel um, to, I don't even have time to complain because I don't know what to do next because I'm constantly trying to keep my head above water. And a CMS system is then used as a Band-Aid or, or a stopgap to alleviate that issue at hand. However, solving the immediate pain does not often treat the root cause you know, and forgoes maximizing the return on investment of an enterprise tool such as this. So, Leah, that actually brings us into our first poll question. Great timing. Okay, audience, I believe that you know what to do here. I am going to launch today's poll and ask you to choose just one of these options. Who at your company is currently assuming ownership of your CMS success? Is it maintenance and reliability, owning CMS success, operations, management? Is it a team effort with multiple teams all taking a piece of that ownership? or are you not sure, which is always a perfectly fine answer to select. And I know that it's unfair that we've made you select one, but there are a couple of different options here. And as always, this will help inform the rest of today's presentation, as well as sort of preempt a few questions. And if you've already answered the poll, keep in mind that we're looking for any questions to come in during the presentation, so you are welcome to use the questions widget. All right, I've got about 70% of the audience voted, and I think, yep, 
we're about at the point to close down and share the results. Well, Michael, normally we have a pretty good spread, but there is some very uh, there are some very key indicators here. So, 48% of the audience say that at their company, maintenance and reliability are currently assuming ownership. 8% say it's operations. 8% say it's management, and 25% say it's a team effort with multiple teams. 11% say they're not sure. So how does this compare to what you expect, what you usually see, and what you advise? Excellent. And those are actually the results that I, I, I anticipated. When I'm, I've been working with customers over the years, maintenance and reliability seem to be the ones who, who own the CMMS because they're working within their, that comfort zone, that, that swim lane of their, their operation. Um, others reached out and saying it's a team effort. 25% is great to see because the ones that we've seen, the customers we've seen become most successful are typically the ones that have buy-in from not just maintenance and reliability, making changes to their operation, but management having buy-in, seeing the vision and, and actually producing additional budgets so you can push forward on your maintenance and reliability journey. So I'm glad to see these results. Um, they're definitely useful to always look back and see where we're at, especially within the industry. But these areas, these results are, are actually skewing in the right direction. Good. All right. All right. I have a question that's come in. Um, okay. It says, can I incorporate detailed work instructions with SOPs along with work orders for PMs? You can, so with, uh, depending on the CMMS. So a lot of the different systems mm -hmm. out there allow you to correlate that information. So as, again, as you're planning ahead, you can actually take those detailed tasks and steps, procedures, documentation. Um, we'll touch on this later. We have customers who use certain videos to all tie that information into a, a computerized maintenance management software. Um, what we're seeing a lot of the shift is, is taking that data that you're seeing, that, those SOPs that you're adding along, and actually enhancing it and adding in additional reliability steps. Mm -hmm. So while you're there, take this information and, and not just look at the backlog, but look at the trend of this asset and see where it's headed. So. I could talk about this. It would probably have to have a separate session for it, but there are a lot of there's a lot of information that you can you can supplement just a work Good. order with as you go forward. Good. The other question that I have on deck right now is what's the difference between a CMMS and something like SAP? Well, that's a big question. Um, we'll actually touch on the bigger picture in, in just a few minutes. Okay. Um, we acknowledge that, say, an SAP is a, is a great ERP that allows you to procure parts and, and have areas with, with an area of, of maintenance management on the side. Um, again, nothing against SAP, but that's, again, their, their core function. And a CMMS in general is focused on that maintenance and reliability space. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned about the bolt-on side of, of, of actions. You know, a lot of systems have, have additional features and functions that in the Venn diagram tap into a CMMS, mm -hmm. but really within a true CMMS, you have your maintenance history, you have the ability to track performance, times, parts, all in one place for that, that bigger view. Okay, the last thing I'm gonna ask is that uh, as you move forward, Michael, if you can talk to, if someone's new to a CMMS, what they should expect from their account manager. Sure, not a problem. That's <laughs> one we'll, we'll probably wrap up on at the end. I thought you might. Uh, so hold, hold tight. Okay, all right, back to you. Sounds good. All right, so continuing on that thought, it's been, we talked about SAP and ERPs, but you know, we acknowledge that, that a CMMS is, is just one of many systems you know, that a business may, may be running at the same time. You know, it's just one aspect of the entire operation 
from sales and services that are, are tracking their, their customer interactions within a CRM. Uh, it's maybe an ERP or accounting software to track transactions for, for payment and invoicing uh, to an, an HR solution that's keeping track of employment, certifications, trainings, and, and so on. And with each of these systems, there's there's typically a common a common thread, you know, a common factor that's being tracked in each. You know, there are things that need timely action. Uh, there's management of tasks and and maintenance of the day to day. So why should a CMMS be be any different to us? And what brings me to this topic is that over the course of my career, if I've learned anything, is that the common language between these systems is data and the ability to control your narrative around these department-centric systems. You know, so what makes your maintenance team the, the star players in your annual review with you know, senior, senior leadership? So if we look at CMMS as part of the bigger picture, what is the real purpose of a CMMS? You know, what is it? We know what it looks like, and now we know the fabric and the functionality. But the real purpose within the bigger picture is the business of maintenance. And if you'll forgive me a, a sports reference for a second, you know, someone once told me that within a business, your sales team is like the quarterback of your team. It's easier to track the certain metrics and performance of reaching and exceeding goals, you know, throwing thousands of yards, uh, scoring touchdowns left and right, and being the hero of your program. However, the metrics around maintenance and reliability teams are a lot like that, that left tackle or, or your offensive lineman. In general, being the protection of your assets and ensuring the most throughput, whether it be goods, services, and, and making sure that as the sales teams are going out to perform, you know, that they're not left scrambling or dare I say it, blindsided. So maintenance and CMS systems, much like that left tackle, have a story of, of cost avoidance and a long history of proving to be a savings center you know, for many companies over a cost center. So when senior management looks at maintenance budgets and starts asking questions like, you know, why did we spend so much money repairing this conveyor system and this piece of equipment over the past year? And why are we stocking so many extra items on the shelves, spare materials within our warehouse? You're able to steer that narrative around the business of maintenance. Okay, well, Mr. and Mrs. Manager, based on our evaluation of this asset and the view, review of the ways that it can fail, criticality of it to our production and potential cost of it being down. And also taking into account the documented lead time for certain parts of this asset. And we estimate that we'll need this many parts. And on top of that, we recommend this maintenance routine. You know, it's not like, it's not unlike taking your car to the shop, but all within the parameters of your single business. You know, your company is asking you to complete a preventive maintenance that's needed of that asset, like an oil change. You know, check for any recommended services that may you may see along the way or may occur down the road. And based on your experience and your intuition and the data that you're providing, you know, decide on a maintenance and reliability narrative for it going forward. So having this type of documentation and maintenance strategy in a place will go a long way in shaping your story of maintenance and the way that your maintenance and reliability operation is perceived within the bigger picture. Okay. So Overall, when you're shaping your narrative, you know, these are some examples of things that are often discussed. Some are easier to quantify than others. Okay, for example, you know, can you tell the story of your overall cost of ownership of your assets? You know, have we been maintaining the assets correctly and as we had planned to? Um, how about 
the overall maintenance and health of your assets as they stand today? You know, is this in line with your your goals and budgets for this year and and over the past few years? And the big one typically is where you add on your your reliability journey. You know, how have we been progressing in as the industries and technologies evolve? You know, are we on the cutting edge of new sensors, processes, and systems? that will enable us in, in essence to to brag about what we can accomplish from the maintenance and reliability space you know going back to my my sports reference from earlier you know there's no shame in bragging about how your how advanced your offensive line is okay in fact this is information that helps to guide other areas of your business and bring them over to your team and on top of that it can also cover for other inefficiencies in other areas if if needed Okay, but we all acknowledge that not all operations are, are at the same point in their reliability journey. You know, we acknowledge that some may just be starting, and that's fine. Start small, create baselines, and move incrementally from there. Okay, and let's be realistic. When I speak with organizations around using a CMMS and the level of transparency it provides, and, and even further, the amount of, of data being put on the record, you know, there's usually at least a little apprehension. You know, teams feel threatened by by big data and the thought that eventually you know artificial intelligence you know interacting with their CMMS data is, is somehow going to put them out of the job or even on a smaller scale you know I know my recurring schedule each week and this system will just cause me to be micromanaged and add additional work and the way we combat that is in the mindset of continuous improvement you know emphasis on the word improvement a CMMS can help your team run more efficiently when used and managed to its fullest and actually reduce the amount of inefficiencies in the day-to-day. Now, while there's a comfort, while there's a, a comfort level in, in knowing your routines and what's coming next, using the data you collect from a CMMS actually adds a layer of value that ensures your teams are actually completing and working on meaningful work. So as a, as a teaser for a document that our professional services team is working on right now, uh, they're hinting that the C in, in CMMS should actually be thought of as change. You know, using the tool to change your maintenance management processes and use these systems for good, you know, as a shield for your team's performance and efficiencies instead of a sword or, or a microscope into any inefficiencies. So, that brings us into the true reason for today's session, which includes the best usage models for, for driving business impact and user adoption, okay, all within your CMMS. So what are the areas within your CMMS that seem to, to drive the most value to the bottom line of your company? And when used effectively, can have major influences both financially and also culturally within your operation. Um, I've had the privilege of working with multiple customers over the over the past years that have acknowledged and really embraced the concept of continuous improvement and the benefits of maximizing their tools for good. You know, one thing that companies usually ask for up front are, are what are the areas within a CMMS that I can use and, and have quick wins? And are quick wins important? Absolutely. Prioritize the processes you want to automate first, starting with that low-hanging fruit, and commit to a timeline on them. You know, a series of quick wins will, will give your entire team confidence and build support from the organization. That's great. However, should you stop at a quick win? Absolutely not. You know, there's danger in the low-hanging fruit ideology in that most organizations focus on, again, solving that immediate pain up front 
without really delving into the underlying issues. You know, the quick win provides instant gratification for a CMMS without truly getting the most out of a CMMS for a long-term return on your investment. Again, either in your assets or again, in that enterprise tool. So the areas we'll discuss today will, will vary in levels of complexity and costs to introduce to your, your people and processes, but all have calculated values to your company and also to your employees. Okay, starting off, one that should be pretty familiar to most, warranty tracking within a CMMS, it seems obvious, and many know of warranties, whether they're within your car, your appliance, and your day-to-day, but not many take these into effect within their operations, because warranties, they take time and they take effort to, to monitor for really only the cost of a, of a part that can easily be bought from, from down the road or from one of your suppliers. But this type of functionality is, is one, highly underutilized within a CMMS, and two, the type of value from this handshake is not typically realized until there's really a pushback from the OEM for that part or for that asset. You know, so for those of you who may not be familiar, warranties are the legal right against defects in materials and, and workmanship and are often guaranteed for a certain period of time from that manufacturer or supplier. Okay, I was at a conference a, a few years ago and I heard a team member uh, speak about the value of tracking warranties consistently you know, within your CMMS. And that's for multiple reasons. One, going back to our cost avoidance discussion, this is one of the first and most achievable ways to see costs being recovered. And in many cases, additional parts being replaced without cost, which can extend the life of your assets as you're getting quality items put back in. Uh, with a way to notify your team members of warranties in one place or in a digital system, you know, your technicians and team members may be alerted to not just throw away that part and instead maybe bring it back or, or put it on the side for review. And with a, an effective history of maintenance and records and parts and defect evaluation, you, know, you can use this information to identify flaws in design or quality of parts coming from certain vendors. And can you imagine the time and cost savings if you were able to narrow down usage of certain suppliers to just ones that you know hand out quality parts? And instead of negotiating contracts and pricing with, with many suppliers, instead focusing in on establishing contracts with single company for bulk orders of those parts and see those savings in return. Now, of course, whenever there's money on the line, there's always questions from the manufacturer on how the asset was operated, how repairs and preventive maintenance were handled, and what, where they performed correctly. And these inquiries can sometimes void a warranty and may really test your, your desire and durability to, to combat and spend such time on this pushback. And this is where it becomes client versus manufacturer. So merging your warranty information with your CMMS data and asset history will streamline that process and prove your team's actions can go a long way in re uh, reinforcing your position and in turn recovering that cost for your team and again, your bigger systems. Uh, in a study I saw years ago, uh, it was estimated that there are dollars to be recovered from warranties, and that can range anywhere from 10 to 50%. And obviously that varies. Uh, the second side of, again, realization here is, is your resource utilization. Okay, so optimizing your research, resource utilization and using the existing functionality of a CMMS 
to hone in on really two pieces of your CMMS structure. Where's your time being spent, including how do I make the most efficient use of my team's time? And also, how about the parts that are being used to renovate and fix critical assets and even non-critical assets? How do these fit together? So zooming out for a second, this is a snapshot of the current maintenance landscape. And there appear to be common themes within most operations. You know, maintenance teams are all having to do more with less while the cost of doing business increases every day. Okay, this comes from really three causes. One, a retiring workforce. Two, more complex machines and systems. And three, less funding and higher goals. So what can maintenance teams do to continue forward with less and still again, be that, that saving center instead of a cost center? Well, first off, acknowledge that there's nothing more valuable than the technician that's interacting with these assets and the experience and knowledge that they'll bring with them to the table when it comes to fixing and improving your assets and equipment. You know, there are times that the countless years and quick tips and tricks can be leveraged and take an hour, two hour long job into a quick reset. And this is information you'll wanna capture within a CMMS and reuse for, for future team members when they're getting up to speed or, or working on something that they're not familiar with. Now, one customer that I worked with actually created video recordings of a senior team member completing certain fixes. So that way they could easily replicate it and, and actually use that knowledge going forward. Uh, the second is to base your actions and schedule on, on criticality. Okay, so this requires a little bit of upfront work, but we spoke earlier about evaluating criticality of certain assets and parts to your operation and production and the potential cost of those areas being down. So take this information and correlate it with the priority of work orders and the aging backlog. So that way you can systematically move from one area to the next. Again, it's not just today's punch list, but being able to sort and prioritize based on, again, criticality, priority. So that way you're taking on meaningful work. Um, organizations that we work with in the past can typically expect a 10 to 15% reduction in annual maintenance cost and overtime and cost of rush, rush parts if they're taking this type of approach where they base their, again, work off of criticality of the equipment that they're working on, or maybe diving into rhyme ranking, which I think we'll cover in a separate session. Okay, lastly, if you don't have this structure in place, you know, let's review high priority, high assets versus others. Start by tracking it within your CMMS today to see what you can get out of that data and try tracking how long it takes for certain tasks. Again, that way we can optimize what, what our, where our team members are working. Now, there are also savings to be realized when optimally correlating information from your MRO spare parts or inventory and your CMMS. You know, ways to improve your usage and tracking would be designated critical spare parts, find those items that you know will be showstoppers should an asset fail. And, and on top of that, identify the lead time and correlate that with how much downtime of that will cost. Okay, that was a big, big phrase but use the tool to help build out assets and spare parts relationships. So making use of the demand of parts across your inventory, keep track of what you're actually using on certain jobs. And it also brings a layer of, of objectivity to what parts you'll need going forward instead of that subjectivity of, I think I'll need this belt down the line. Okay, you can use your CMMS to help identify opportunities for warranty, which we touched on, you know, refurbishment of certain parts. And same conference I went to previously, 
you know, some cases the opportunity to consign parts within a or with a vendor at your location. You know, the warranty period begins when the part hits your facility and the ability to consign parts helps to alleviate that layer and that dispute going forward on time and expense and how those large financial improvements can be, can be realized. And let's take a look at this topic from another angle, okay? I worked with an organization a few years ago that had concerns around their inventory levels and the impact that it actually had on, on performance and employee morale, okay? After looking into their inventory and their current service levels, their operations were running at about 50-50 chance that when they went to a storeroom, that the part that they needed would actually be there. And I think from research said that the optimal level is around 95 to 97% of service level for parts is ideal. So this added additional delays to their production and work execution process, which increased a ton of frustration and over, uh, overhaul uh, where team members were actually leaving. And their backlog was growing exponentially month over month. So again, this is something that's not just here it's how much we're spending on certain parts, but on the other side of things, it's actually impacting how, how people see their jobs on the day to day. So with effective MRO materials management and establishing criticality, you know, your carrying costs can be reduced 10 to 20%. And material costs, including storage, expedited shipping, parts prices, those savings can range anywhere from 10 to 40%. You know, not to mention, again, the impacts on employee satisfaction and productivity. Can I pause you for a moment, Michael, to answer some questions? Sure. All right. I have a range here, and feel free to say if there's a question that you're going to get to that we'll pause on that one, all right? Sure. Okay. Be ready. This is the range. There we go. Number one, how do you suggest including root cause analysis as part of your CMMS usage model? Uh, I like that. Um, so again, big question. Uh, when we're going through it, root cause analysis is great for, um, I, I always say it's always best on the close out of that job. Okay, so if you're using a, a certain work order, um, if, you're, if you're going and establishing it, basically the best way to say it is log those different failure codes, different failure types based on what you've seen in the past or what you may recommend from, from manufacturers up front. Um, there's also, it's also a great way to add in a, a comments box. You can start to see new types of potential failures for, for a certain asset. So other is always an option as well. Um, it really just depends on who's actually completing that root cause at the end of it. You know, is it the team member that's actually fixing it or are you sending the engineering team out later to actually go and, and review what that problem type is? Um, either way, I say definitely include that with a work order. So that way you can look back on common failures, failure types. And it takes that next time you go out there to the next level where this asset is having this type, these types of failures recurring, maybe we should handle it in a different way. Feels like a key part of what you just said is the failure code and then consistently using that, logging that. Correct, correct. Again, it depends on the team member who's going out and completing the fix, but I say mm -hmm. a good diagnosis uh, goes a long way going forward for identifying other, other failures. Okay. All right, switching gears. Yep. I'm, do you use barcoding or QR codes for spare parts? And can you use smartphones, like you're about to talk to, for scanning parts used at point of use? Uh, so, so when it comes to barcodes and QR codes, you can really use both. It depends on the functionality of your CMMS. Um, a QR code is typically a path that'll take you to a record somewhere or to a new window where you could scan in and out, things like that. Um, a barcode seems to be a little more dynamic for I'm um, charging out this part, scan, and it deducts that from your inventory. 
Um, you can go either way. It's usually based on one preference and two, the device. Um, well, and three, the, the technology, the CMMS that you're using. Um, but all are effective in, in getting that accurate data capture with this is the part that I'm using and I'm not looking through 10 belts assuming it's this one. So okay. we can get you some more clarity on that uh, after the session. All right. Um, how do you suggest including manpower cost into the work orders without making it visible to the workforce? Is this even possible? There are there are ways to hide hide those costs. Um, it really depends on on two things. One, if we're using a blanket um, cost for for manpower for hours that are being used uh, going forward, or if we need to be specific for say a senior technician or a specialist from that area, um, there are ways to correlate that in the background. Um, definitely, some of us speaking specifically about a CMMS that I worked with. Reach out to your customer success representative, and we'll talk through it. Um, but I would say. I would say that it is something that is is good to track across the board, um, correlating your hours, signing on, signing off, and and timestamping what those work orders look like. Okay, and okay. I'll give you one more before you sure. I let you roll on. And you've sort of touched on this, but this is a good summary question. How does your CMMS prepare maintenance budgets for each piece of equipment? So one of the biggest challenges is preparing a realistic maintenance budget for labor hours as well as spare parts. Ah, so if you're tracking all that information to, to the work orders, right? One, mm -hmm. you're creating a history for that piece of equipment. So here are the failures that we've seen in the past. Here's what we spent based on routine work. Routine work's the easiest to, to track because again, it's usually on, on some type of frequency, meter-based or calendar-based. You see mm -hmm. that you see this this many times based on utilization. Um, and you can correlate the amount of time that you see as well as the amount of time that your amount of parts that you're using. So that's easy. Um, there's also certain tools in the background that can can actually say, you know, we estimate two hours for last year, but it's going to be an hour and a half. So increasing that efficiency. Uh, when it comes to failures, there's nothing really more valuable than using your historical records. We've had 10 breakdowns in the past year that cost us this much and using the forecast going forward. You know, based on the, the ways that assets should fail and you know, the different curves that we, we work with, you should be able to, to dictate that we're at this part point in the life cycle and forecast going forward. Um, more than a few options to, to go through and review, um, but that history within your CMMS is gonna be great for tracking budgets. Here's how much we spent last year, two years ago, three years ago, and based on that next year should look the same, if not better. Thank you. All right, we have more questions, but let's get back to your presentation and then we'll pause again to go through more of them. Okay. Sounds good. So the other area that I want to talk about is is a is a pretty big topic and, and should be pretty obvious. But you know the question arises with mobility. You know why are we still talking about using mobile devices and, and mobile maintenance? You know I've been on countless sessions over the past five plus years where the leading topic has been trying to convince maintenance and operations professionals to move away from paper-based methods and use and, and actually start using mobile devices. And historically, I acknowledge the adoption of technology takes time. You know, in the 1960s, the internet was invented, right? In 1971, first home computer, 1992, first smartphone. So I guess, does it really surprise us that it was almost 60 years after the invention of the internet, you know, some organizations are still using, you know, locally installed server-based platforms? And is it surprising that almost 30 years after the first smartphone that 
companies are still printing out work orders. Now, while the maintenance world isn't quite the Jetsons yet, you know, we certainly aren't considering ourselves the Flintstones. So how can using one of the smartest tools in your tool belt save you time, increase efficiencies, and, and increase data accuracy? You know, a lot of the discussion around is driving action. Reliable Plant, uh, this is a few years ago, published an article that stated that by 2020, last year, 48% of maintenance professionals will be doing mobile maintenance. You know, and I'd venture to guess that that number is actually much higher. And the demand more than ever has increased dramatically. Especially with on this topic, you know, 2020 and 2021 seem to have caught us all off guard. And now more than ever, do we need flexibility to work remotely when we can't be at the location? And it's also taught us that just having a work order in the palm of our hand really isn't enough. You know, M&R professionals need additional processes, capabilities, system integrations, and really other information that interacts with those same work orders to drive outcomes and really align with the business strategy set in motion. You know, the difference between doing a punch list of PMs each month and prioritizing work through changing environments, it's going to be an evolution in the way that we work going forward. So usage of a mobility should, or usage of mobility should be a two-pronged approach. One, it should be to support your existing maintenance strategies and goals that you have for the business and for your assets. And two, supporting your team members. And this can have a drastic impact on employee satisfaction and productivity. You know, this should be a shift in thought process from, again, just that tool in your tool belt to structuring the use of that tool to deliver the, the most effective outcomes. You know, what can I be doing with my mobile that'll support me 5, 10, 15 years down the line or for a matter of fact, better a better condition for the next time if somebody comes to the asset I'm standing in front of. Um, so just a brief summary here with so for those of you who may not know what the maintenance what maintenance strategies are, you know, they're a long-term plan covering all aspects of maintenance management that sets the direction on how assets should be maintained and and contains action plans for achieving a desired future state. Um, in short, this is how you treat your assets and equipment with potentially long-term relationship in mind. And the strategy selected for each can be dictated by the criticality of an asset and its its impact to your operation. You know, this could include a part and replacement costs, safety risks, and, and other aspects typically determined even before that piece of equipment's installed. So this, these strategies range anywhere from letting a piece of equipment fail like a light bulb without scheduled intervention um, to predicting a failure before it even occurs and prescribing a remedy. So when it comes to maintenance strategies across large organizations where assets are all within close proximity, may have different designated approaches, you know, these strategies can easily run together. And without proper support from your mobile devices and mobile systems at the point of contact with that asset, a series of these strategies and the way that your business view these strategies may all run together and it becomes a firefight as you move from one job to the next discouraging your team members and discouraging your, your maintenance processes going forward. So how does this relate to your maintenance operation and using a mobile tool? You know, if you boil down a mobile maintenance team's basic needs, so again, who's actually operating on that phone, on that tablet, it gets down to these three things. They need to know what's going on. So what's the issue that I'm walking into? They need to know the bigger picture. 
so they can bring along that that assets work order history you know what triggered that fault as well as um, are there certain documentation or uh, permits that I need to fill out you know supporting cast information and they also need timely insights to facilitate decision making so they need to be alerted within you know a certain time frame before there's an actual failure so they can have time to respond and also bring with them what they need and all of these basic needs revolve around data and making it wirelessly available to enhance that maintenance strategy in place. You know, maintenance is driven by actionable data and accessible data. And if you look at maintenance reliability journey, you know, every step of the way can be characterized by the way that maintenance teams make use of this information. You know, in today's digital world, you know, documents such as owner's operator's manuals, videos on proper handling, safety instructions are, are more available than ever. And having the ability to document that safety procedures were followed and sign off on the appropriate, you know, PPE that was used is key. Improving your compliance and, and governing bodies and, and your customers will ask for it as well. You know, bringing this information digitally with you to the site of the job can have major impacts when it comes to, again, someone's ability to move swiftly from one job to the next. Uh, one of my favorite customer visits I went to is a it was a manufacturing site. They're running a Six Sigma operation. It was a lean operation, one of the cleanest sites I've ever been a part of. They had color-coded hats, so you could recognize personnel that, that were needed on the floor. Uh, they had training programs for improvements on safety, and even dashboards that would show current asset status and downtime, which would escalate alerts. But in the middle of this million-square-foot facility, uh, they had an area that was included. It was probably about 30. 30 feet by 30 feet that included bookshelves and covered in binders. And every time a technician needed to refer to an operator's manual, they'd have to walk right back to that area. They'd have to grab the binder off of the, off the shelf, find the part that they needed to, put it back, and walk 20 minutes back to the asset. You know, that was a total, they said on average, was around 40 minutes per technician per, per job. Can you imagine what you could do with 40 more minutes on each of those tasks? Another set of areas here, you know, I won't read these to you. However, you can see a few examples of customers utilizing mobile work order management. You know, this aligns with their maintenance strategies in place. Uh, the top is a large pharmaceutical manufacturer that spans multiple asset types, broad ranges of classes, levels of criticality, and they've been able to see increased production capacity around 65%. And on top of that, allow their team levels to troubleshoot issues around 32% faster. Uh, the second is an automotive manufacturer, which, like my example above, was able to, for the most part, eliminate additional travel time for their team members, you know, saving their leg muscles and, in turn, increasing wrench time and interaction with that asset. And other than those examples, these are the benefits of a mobile solution for your CMMS. It allows accurate data capture at the point of contact with that asset the ability to put safety documentation steps in front of your technicians and team members keeping them first safe and second informed. And with additional time to move from one area to the next, it creates an opportunity for more value added activities, such as performing additional diagnostics, um, the attached additional tasks to your day, removing your backlog, and actually adding in as well, the opportunity for additional trainings and learning activities. And the last area I'll go into is really, it's really near and dear to my heart where I've been uh, spending my past couple of years. 
automation and taking condition monitoring data, utilization-based um, readings that you can take and feeding them directly into your computerized maintenance management software. And one area that I will, well, I'll start out with is as we look at the status of automation and condition monitoring as a whole, you know, we take some time to reflect on, on where we're at today and what are some of the biggest showstoppers when it comes to integrating data into your work order management processes? You know, the results that we found a couple of years ago, they're not as surprising as we would have thought. You know, predominantly, calendar-based routes and inspections are still heavily utilized to perform inspections, right? Collecting the additional reviews, completing scheduled servicing for your assets all on a calendar-based frequency. Um, I worked with an operation recently where one of the technicians sold jobs at the beginning of the week was to take a clipboard and go from one asset to the next and record runtime and condition meters. And from what I was told, it worked just fine for catching issues that may have happened over the past week. And they're also able to realistically take a first step towards moving to, towards meter-based PMs. There are only a few issues with transcribing meters and that sheet being lost every once in a while. But overall, it was a great step in the right direction. But the fact is that strategy can be effective and really it provides a safer floor for your team, but does not allow for a high ceiling. Take it a step further, this is an example of disconnected data. You know, every operation runs a risk of having siloed data if they don't know where it's being stored or a path of which to connect it into your CMMS. If it wasn't for a team member walking the floor to, to connect that information in that story, you know, the last time that asset was serviced was not in front of him. The asset was raising its hand and he didn't have any supporting documentation. You know, I once heard someone equate this to watching the same movie, but pieces of it, beginning, middle, end, and so on, were being played in different theaters. You gotta find a way to correlate that all in one, one screen. And lastly, assets are becoming smarter. You know, they're being built to self-diagnose and in some cases self-regulate. So what does this mean? It means that maintenance is becoming more complex. So whether it's the fix itself, the resources available, having to have a, a vendor come out and actually service the system, the idea behind integrated condition monitoring is the ability to have a notification early, so that way you have time to plan, establish those most effective remediation processes. Now, from working with team members, the vast majority of organizations that we're working with are already generating significant significant amounts of data like this on a daily basis. And this is information that's coming from their critical assets and equipment across their facilities. And we can really harvest this data and use it to provide valuable information on how we go about our daily routines and, and maintenance processes. So what you wanna do is really sift through this data and take the important pieces that allow you to make better decisions, get away from calendar-based preventive maintenance and start doing true condition-based maintenance taking a step up the reliability journey. And this is where you wanna drive value directly to that bottom line. Anywhere from things such as overall equipment effectiveness, mean time between failures, and also reducing the amount of time it takes to diagnose our machines. The diagram here is probably familiar to most of you, you know, on this call today for sure. This is called the potential failure curve, and it's used to visualize the methods of detecting upcoming uh, potential failures. As you can see, temperature and audible sounds are one of the last signs of a failing component. You know, everyone knows a bad actor when you see it, you walk by, it's loud, and you say, hey, there's an issue here. But this may be too late to have a cost-effective outcome. 
by utilizing these measured conditions and, and predictive maintenance, you're able to bring your production closer to the top or to the left of this curve and be able to detect these faults and drive proactive decisions. So obviously the further up the maintenance curve you are, you're able to get, the greater the efficiencies and rewards, you know, less impact on your assets and additional time to actually initiate a quality response. And the reason I talk about integrating these systems is that we all know that conditioned data by itself, it's incomplete. You know, it doesn't know when an asset was last serviced or what actions were performed, or when maintenance is next due. This same information, again, taking a reading from the asset, it doesn't know the history of failure, what parts will be needed to complete that fix, or whether those parts are even on hand or not. You know, in a survey by Fluke, I think a few years ago, most of our maintenance and reliability decision makers say that 84% of all teams do not have access to asset condition data in their CMMS. And only 35% of maintenance teams have access to historical condition data when completing inspections. And 71% of organizations do not have an aggregated view of asset health as a whole. So what you should be looking to do is close those gaps by uniting that real-time condition data with your organization's system of record for asset management, your CMMS, where asset history and descriptive information is usually kept. And the goal here is to take that asset condition data with your assets history, provide a fuller picture so your maintenance and reliability teams are informed with what's going on. I'll run through these real quick. When you think about it, when an effective predictive maintenance program using sensor and analytics is, is put into place and integrated with your CMMS, you shouldn't in generally in see or generally see on average 30 to 30, 45% reduction in downtime. You know, a, a group that I, I saw an article from AI Multiple, they estimate that it could be up to 50% reduction. You know, failures are able to be detected before absolute failure. Going back to our discussion of risk, timing can be everything. And if a failure is detected at the beginning of that PF curve, it can allow you, yourself more time to diagnose. Uh, in addition, a 25 to 35% reduction in maintenance costs. You know, going back to our discussions earlier of basing maintenance on condition instead of probability. Preventive maintenance can be expensive because you're replacing parts, taking out, out of your day-to-day -to, -day to service an asset that may or may not be broken. So parts are ordered, stored, time is blocked, and each have an associated cost. And condition-based maintenance allows you to service an asset based on detected content. And lastly here, in addition from AI Multiple, they also mentioned that a 10 to 25% reduction in worker injuries and satisfaction, well, increase in, in satisfaction. They stated that leveraging sensors and other analytic systems will help industries find new ways to avoid injuries, you know, because they have more time to plan, more time to grab the information, the equipment that they need, and again, an overall boost in morale. So in summary here, these are a few areas that we can work on within a CMMS to, to enhance, again, your steps in the maintenance reliability become more efficient. Um, as I mentioned earlier, there are a lot of ways to see well, low-hanging fruit and other uh, quick wins, which are great for, for uh, getting support for your teams. But these are areas that will show incremental moves forward within using your enterprise tools. Leah, have any questions come in? There are lots of questions. Fantastic. And yeah, and audience, if we don't get to all of them, no worries, because we'll follow up with you afterward. And you see Michael's email on screen, you're welcome to ping him directly as well. 
So you're welcome to keep uh, answering your questions. I don't know that we'll get to all of them right now, but we'll get to you um, after it if necessary. All right, Michael. Can I use the CMMS to calculate the mean time between failure to proactively schedule a PM before the equipment is scheduled to fail? You can. Or is expected um, to fail? Yeah, so so you can use your system for for mean time between failures. Um, a lot of of CMSs have that calculation already built into them. Again, the idea would be taking the 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 work orders as themselves, marked as corrective maintenance, and so on, so you can start to see those frequencies and repetitions and adjust your your preventive maintenance accordingly. Um, obviously, from my past couple slides, I'm a big fan of uh, of more of the condition based and predictive monitoring, but you know. Is start with your incremental moves forward towards again that preventive then predictive state. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you're about to address this one, but does any CMMS um, incorporate other maintenance inputs um, such as vibration and thermal monitoring? Ah, good question. Again, depends on your computerized maintenance management software. There are systems out there that are are actively integrated to other other systems for vibration, for uh, thermal monitoring. Um, we are going to talk about this in just a few moments, and actually on our session um, next week, uh, which teaser uh, I'll be on as well, and we have the ability to talk about integrating that data for for effective outcomes. So stay tuned. Good. There are a couple of questions here that I'll have you follow with people afterward as far as the mechanics of scanning QR codes and, and pulling up data. Sure. Um, what is the better way to include turnaround maintenance in the CMMS or do you need separate tracking uh, for what items are necessary to capture in the CMMS? So, sure. I've seen that go a few different ways, and and actually, mm -hmm. unfortunately, I've probably heard about three or four different descriptions of what turnaround maintenance uh, means to different companies. The most mm -hmm. common I've seen would be more like turn back, where if you're going back to get a part and you do not have the part in place, we do have customers that will actually indicate checkbox whatever it needs to be that I was turned away from from getting those parts. Um, that way, you can start to see those common areas that you were looking for at certain frequencies, how often were they requested, and so on. So that way you can say, you know, we're going to need these parts maybe every 45 days, every 60 days, instead of our common, say, 90. Mm -hmm. So again, it's again a pretty general answer. I'm happy to have that discussion. Um, but yeah, it's simply around when you're being turned back from from getting those those uh, parts that are needed. Mm -hmm. This is an interesting one. Can I automatically interface with an ERP system to insert a PM? for equipment which the master schedule is controlled by the ERP? You could, that is definitely for sure. Um, it depends on the system and their integration methods. Um, a lot have an API that allows you to inject or push data into, into a, uh, a CMMS for preventive maintenance. Uh, it really just depends on if this is a one-off service that needs to be controlled by that ERP or if instead it needs to be a recurring work. Could go uh -huh. either direction. So in general, yes, the details we should work through uh, on a separate call. Exactly. All right, and last one for you. Uh, what have you seen around uh, attaching pictures to work orders? Big fan. Um, when it comes to using your mobile tools, you should have the option to, to take a photo, whether it is for just saying that I was there and here's the quality of the work that I performed or being able to send digitally back the uh, photo for here's what I see right now and what do you expect that I should do? Um, a customer that I worked with a few years ago, same same type of uh, uh, item that they were working on. They had a, a new workforce, uh, some younger team members that were not exactly familiar with certain assets. 
take a photo, call the boss. The boss would take a look at it from their, their desktop and say, I think this is X, Y, and Z. Set up a reset, move these parts, and they're off and running. So there's a lot of value in, in photos. Pictures worth a thousand words. Um, I would definitely recommend attaching that into your CMMS. Excellent. And apologies for my dog. All right. If I can have you forward to the next slide, Michael. Um, yep. Because next session, you are inviting a host of experts for part two of this who are indeed talking about integrations for machine health, right? And how people are using CMS integrations to support maintenance and reliability, including vibration monitoring and analysis, condition monitoring, SCADA integration, and this is where it gets really good. So I hope everyone can join us for part two. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about what's in store? Uh, definitely. Yeah. So when I first said that I was ta uh, taking this session this week, my friends were all jealous. So I decided to bring them along for, for next <laughs> week. Um, as I mentioned, we have under the fluke reliability framework in our in our ecosystem, we have more than a few uh, connected tools, sensors and platforms. So next week we'll be focused on a lot of those different, uh, not just not products and, and offerings, but more of the vision of connecting that information directly into your systems. Um, and we'll be talking about that in, in depth. Great. Okay, if you'll forward one more slide for me, Michael. This is a reminder for everyone to stay online after I close the webinar because it'll take a moment of pause and then the survey link will appear. And we really appreciate it when you can answer the survey and give us input about today's session, about what we're going to be talking about next, more ideas. And then uh, everyone who completes the survey will get a copy of the presentation as well as a certificate of attendance. Um, and if you want to share your certificate of attendance online, um, both Michael and I are on LinkedIn. Uh, so tag us uh, because we'd love to see uh, your certificate pop up and we can cheer you on. And then last note, uh, this webinar fully recorded will be up on excelx.com in a day or two. So if there was parts of it you missed, you want to replay, just go to excelx.com and catch it again there. But that's it for today. So thank you very much, Michael. Great information, really appreciate it, putting a lot of pieces together, and um, I appreciate all the work you put into it. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Look forward to seeing you next week. Right. So have a great day, everyone, and see you next time. Bye-bye for now.